North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Love Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Low Radio for another fabulous show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and thank you so much for joining me. Because of Youth Faithful listeners, this show has made it to number two out of over a thousand shows, and that is just insane to me. It's been like three or four months since I even started the show, so I'm really, really honored that the show has been so well received. Thank you so much for all the encouragement and all the suggestions for the guests. If you missed last week's show, it's one that I would highly recommend to anyone. I recommend it to a lot of patients because it can affect so many people, and that was all about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's a very long name, and it's a very underdiagnosed condition, but it can mimic a lot of symptoms from, like, IBS, and patients with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease oftentimes suffer from this condition, so it's a very, very common uh, complaint. So if you haven't checked out that show, definitely do so. Um, you can type in Dr. Low Radio in iTunes for the podcast and also all the other archive shows as well. As usual, I will be taking your questions from Facebook and Twitter and live calls as well, facebook.com slash Noel. Twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel. And as usual, the call-in number is 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. And just press 1 to ask a question, but otherwise you can just listen from your phone. Next, next week's show will actually be on Wednesday. Typically my shows are on Tuesday. Um, but Wednesday night, it'll be at 5 p.m. same time. I will have Dr. Daniel DeLapp joining us. He is a naturopathic dermatologist, and we'll be talking all about skin health. So acne, psoriasis, eczema, rashes, warts, you name it, we're going to be talking about it. So that's next Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Future topics coming up, I'll be talking about ADHD, autism, vaccines. We'll have a holistic dentist coming on the show, type 1 and type 2 diabetes, and a lot more. So we got a great lineup in the next few weeks. But tonight, I am honored to have this lady on my show. She is sassy and classy and I have called her a chic geek because she runs around with Chanel shoes and she can run around most doctors with her knowledge. We have T.S. Wiley in the building. She is an author, lecturer, and pretty much a celebrity in my book. She's the author of a couple books, Sex, Lies, and Menopause, as well as the book we'll be discussing tonight, Lights Out, Sleep, Sugar, and Survival. In her book, Lights Out, she very succinctly and comically spells out for you how electricity in the light bulb has created a whole host of problems for humanity. T.S. has published peer-reviewed scientific papers in molecular oncology and endocrinology, as well as she lectures globally and teaches doctors environmental uh, endocrinology in planetariums, which I think is pretty awesome. She teaches in planetariums. It's just kind of an example of how awesome this lady is. Her newest work is in process right now, and it's entitled Manthropology, which explores how medicine and modern life are killing men. To find out more about T.S. and the Wiley Protocol, check out thewileyprotocol.com. And we will go ahead and bring her on. T.S., are you with us? Oh, honey, I'm right here. I am so glad you're here on the show. I was so excited <laughs> for this show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, you're so welcome. It's exciting to be on your show. Awesome. Well, I hear you're number two. I'm number two. It's crazy. 
It is so unexpected, too. I was like, oh, I'll just do this show. Might as well. I mean, you know, I need to get naturopathic medicine out there and, you know, other good holistic doctors and healthcare practitioners and all that. But, you know, yeah, it's just grown, like, totally, totally unexpected and out of control. So I am honored. Obviously, people are liking it. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So. I know a little bit about you because we got to kind of hang out a few weeks ago, so I was honored to learn a little bit about your story. But for those listeners, um, what was the inspiration behind writing your book, Lights Out? Well, we had some girl bonding time in a doctor's Yeah, Yeah, we we sure did. did. Uh, I wrote Lights Out because I had worked on a book with a doctor that uh, ultimately got canceled called Low Fat Lies because the doctor didn't turn in graphs, charts, and diagrams. But the entire time I was working with this endocrinologist, I kept thinking to myself, how did the uh, government, I guess, who hands out nutritional advice, sell the American public on the idea that when you have three food groups, protein, fat, and carbohydrates, you can cut out two of them, protein and fat. That was what low-fat was. You know, carbohydrates were what were being sold. They they put low-fat on cranberry juice, you know. And I thought to myself, why have people fallen for that? And I started to wonder why people crave sugar. Why it's so easy to sell anybody on, yeah, we're gonna get, we're just going to eat this bowl of pasta. We're just going to eat whatever. And then I started looking into what timing of seasonality and hours of light in a day due to the hormones and the neurotransmitters that control what you eat. So to make it very simple, the hours of light you're exposed to control your appetite for carbohydrates so that when you want a midnight snack, it's not a string cheese or a hard-boiled egg. It's cake, it's wine, it's whatever. Because when the light is long, you're programmed to want to crave sugar so that you'll gain weight and have that on on board when the light is short and the plants go away. You're programmed to gain fat in long light, lose it, sleep it off over the winter. But we never have winter. You know, summer never ends. It's eternal summer in our lives because we have electric lights and we have heat and we have whatever. So that's why. Right. I feel like sleep is one of those topics that is totally forgotten when it comes to losing weight, just being healthy, having balanced hormones. Um, you were saying that the advent of the light bulb has just been just a huge change in humanity and, and how much it's connected with so many different health um, you know, diseases nowadays. And so how, how bad has this really been? I mean, how bad is the light bulb or, or just, I it guess, the timing of turning it on? It's an extinction-level event. I'm telling you that our bodies evolved, and whether you want to believe it was 6 million years or 600 million years, we evolved to the day-night cycles that we are exposed to, which change as, you know, the earth turns a 1,000 miles an hour under your feet, in and out of the light, and then it's chasing the sun another 67,000 miles an hour and in a year. So we're talking about day and night. We're talking about one trip around the sun in a year. All of those various exposures, and that's spectrum quality, that's brightness, but mostly it's time, how many hours in a day, program you to live on this planet so that when the light is long, you eat as many plants as you can because they're out there, because when the light gets short, they'll be gone and you'll freeze and be hungry. And so we lived like that even when there was farming. Even when we discovered fire, 
we still lived within very narrow parameters of freedom because, you know, a light bulb at the turn of the century when they were invented is the equivalent of $1,400 now. Oh, my gosh. So you wouldn't go buy one. You, We had gas lamps. We had candles until, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, and in Illinois, the REA, the Rural Electrification Project, didn't come into where I lived till the late 50s. So there were these old farmers who had gas lamps, you know, because they, they just weren't wired. It's like, who's got wireless now, you know? So what happened was in the last 50 to 100 years in the cities, longer, out in the rural areas, even less time, the human body that had rhythms evolved into it for survival, that's all changed. That's all gone. So now you've got people having a private lap dance with their laptop at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they can't figure out why they get up and feel like they've been run over by a truck. (laughs) Or they get fat because, as I said, your appetite is completely tied and tethered to the weather and the light exposure on this planet. And, you know, if you're up eating all night, you're supposed to be sleeping. It's going to make a big difference. So I started to look into what happens on an endocrine plane to your hormones when you don't go to bed. That's what Lights Out is about. And I wrote it 12 years ago. It's a very old book. Mm-hmm. But I like to write a book about 10 years before anybody wants to read it. So now <laughs> sleep is a big topic. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to you, and, and I get a lot of interviews and a lot of calls about sleep. And for 10 years there, nobody seemed to notice. But in the last five, the clinical evidence for the premises I conjectured or this is going to happen to you. Now they've done the clinical studies, and pretty much that happens to you. So it's time to roll out lights out again just because I was, you know, I was right, and I had suggestions about what to do about it. Yeah, you know, I haven't read any other books that are even even close to being at this level of lights out. And I and I got, actually got this book from you a couple of years ago at a conference. I actually met you a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember, but I was still a student. I remember everyone <laughs> I meet. Oh, wow. That's because you get enough sleep, yeah. so you have such a fabulous memory. But well, I'm also you know, on more hormones than a transsexual, so, you know. <laughs> exactly, that'll help as well. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I remember reading this book, and I was thinking, there's nothing out there like this. Why aren't people talking about this? This is so such huge well, because information. There's no mo- Honey, there's no money in it. You have to understand, people talk about things they can sell, maybe supplements, or let's go to the doctor for the scan, or, you know, I mean, everybody in my generation, I'm much older than you, I'm almost 60, and everybody in my generation is hanging on white-knuckled to this mortal coil, And they're afraid to die. I'm doing a book called It's Okay to Die, just so they'll let go. Um, So there's room for you and yours on the planet. Everybody has a turn. And they want to keep themselves healthy. But going to sleep, first of all, going to sleep is free. There's nothing to sell there. So it's a lifestyle choice. You know, everybody talks about take care of your health and make lifestyle changes. Well, to run your guts out or to exercise till you pass out, you probably have to join a gym. So we're selling something there. Most people do, or they take Pilates or they whatever. Unless I was hustling mattresses or blackout shades, there's nothing to sell here. It's just information. It's just, here's how you work the knobs and dials to stave off extinction. Here's how you make the right choices, if you want to. And if you don't want to, you're probably going to feel like this. 
So just so you know, you know. Yeah. It's like the further so we get away from just the natural way of living, I mean, just with the natural elements, the more in trouble we get. You know, it's pretty much what it continues to go back to. Yeah, it's it's all that hubris. You know, we're not animals. We're not we're not plants. We're not. And in reality, we're we're so much closer to cut flowers now. Our lifespan is shorter. We don't come back up again in the spring. I mean, yeah. What once you're disconnected from the earth. And I'm working on some research now with magnetism and electricity. And, and, you know, because electricity, magnetism, microwaves, all the things we're exposed to, wireless, all have waves. They all are in waveforms, and they have frequency. How close are those waves? Well, hormones, all hormones are in waves. And they have what we call pulsatility, which is the same as frequency, how close are those waves. And it occurred to me that a long time ago, that hormones just manifest chemically what's out there in nature, whether it's a light wave or it's a whatever. So I'm working here in Santa Fe with a PhD from Los Alamos on that research because I, if people understood what wireless is really doing to them and the cell phones and all that stuff, they could make better choices. Man, don't even get me started on wireless. I just hate it. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you. you no, I can feel it. I can tell when I'm around it. I just I feel the difference that my you know my body feels different when I'm around it. Yes, your body is different. So and and when we could control it and say, oh, I'm not going to have that in my house. That was one thing. But you know, you can turn on your phone and you're picking up your neighbor's everything, even if it's far away. So it, then it becomes an issue of politics and personal rights and freedom. And I mean, you got to go to that place where can you get away from it? I don't know. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, kids are being raised with nightlights. Um, well, there's an old study that shows that babies raised with nightlights have 60%, no, I'm sorry, 56% more blindness. They actually can't see when you don't let... The thing in this world is everything has to go down. In other words, night has to fall. Everything needs a break from the heat and the energy and the whatever not just the plants and the animals and us, but right down to the cones and rods in your eyeball, right down to the DNA in your cell. Everything has to go down at night. That's the, there's no negotiation about that. So when you raise a baby that never has darkness, or a child, worse, it's gone on for years now, the cones and rods actually wear out because everything has a timer. I just wrote a blog for... Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's thing about mm -hmm. how to stop the meter running. And I said in there, when you don't go to bed at night, it's not just you look like hell in the morning. You're going to look like hell forever. That, you know, 30 becomes the new 50 when you're exhausted. And you're, those children who are in nightlights are much older inside than they really would be if they had nighttime and the meter of day-night cycles were normal. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know I'm the Stephen King of endocrinology. We discussed that. It's terrifying. But, I like it. Well, it's the truth. I had an editor once who said it's the added benefit of being the truth. Mm -hmm. It It is the truth, and you can't change your life unless you know what you're doing to yourself because it seems benign to just leave those lights on until midnight mm -hmm. or to just sit in front of a blinking light after dinner. So what? you know, your computer, and those have devastating effects on your metabolism, 
on mental acuity, even on eyesight. All of that matters. Mm-hmm. But people are like, so what? It's just light. What's the big deal? How could light well, hurt me so can, bad? Well, because you're not, you don't have the capacity to take in that much energy, quite literally. Light is energy. It's energy from the sun, that energy stored in the plants. You can all grasp the idea that if you eat too many carbohydrates, you might get fat. That's a lot of energy. Well, I'm telling you the light from the sun that's captured in the plants, and and you take the energy out of that, and that can make you fat. I'm telling you, you can eliminate even the food source, and if you sleep with your head next to the aquarium, it's still daytime in your head. You're you're blocking a melatonin receptor, and you don't literally have that much capacity to take in that much energy. So when that happens, the clock runs faster. It's like those old movies where the clock hands are going around really fast. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is so crazy. I want to take my first caller. This is uh, from the 949 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Bobby from uh, Irvine. Hey, Bobby. What's your question for T.S.? Good. Well, uh, I, I I sent you a few today, and I, I kind of fired them off to you. But one um, that I wanted to ask in particular was uh, you mentioned politics briefly, T.S., and, uh, you know, in California we have to use the dreaded fluorescent light bulbs, these compact fluorescent light bulbs now. Oh, my uh, God, that's a disaster. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I know that they're exponentially worse once they break and the fumes and all that. How about while they're on and just the actual light as opposed to the incandescent light bulbs? How does that, you know, affect you? Well, spectrum matters a great deal. And while a normal light bulb didn't have a spectrum that was great for you, what they've done with the coiled light bulbs is give you a spectrum that's closer to fluorescent light bulbs. And they did studies many, many years ago in grade schools and looked at leukemia rates in kids underneath fluorescent lights. And the fact that they've got this light that doesn't cost you anything, you know, now it's reducing our energy consumption. So your bill goes down, blah, blah, blah. It means you're going to leave it on longer, basically, because you can afford to. So beyond the spectrum change, which has clearly deleterious effects on your immune system if they saw leukemia, it's just going to encourage people. And, and, you know, they're even dangerous. They've got mercury in them, and you have to dispose of them in some way. And, and I, Light bulbs were bad enough. This is tragic, you know. Did that Call answer you there? Question? Yes, I'm there. I, know, I mean, I know they, uh, like you said, they, they cost more, and you got to dispose them special, but I, I wasn't sure on the, the frequency, so thanks for, uh, for that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I will do more. I, I'll try to blog about that. I've, it occurred to me everybody wants to know about those light bulbs, and like the scanners at the airport, just, yeah, do a Nancy Reagan, just say no, you know? So, I mean, I, I you could move from California, or if there's a big enough protest, something will be done, because those well, are not the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this stuff just happens, you know, sort of under our noses, and unless we talk about it and get the right attention, you know, it's just going to go through. Oh, I'm with you. I am absolutely with you. It's your life, and you should have a say in it. And the idea that they're worried about a carbon footprint, and yet I can drive through any American city at night and all the lights are on in empty office buildings, why don't you turn those off first before you change my light bulbs, okay? Good call. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for your question. All right. Um, what what light bulb? What type of light bulb is the least evil? In your they have light bulbs out there. They're sort of 
lavender when you buy them, and they say natural daylight spectrum, and those won't kill you. They are okay. pretty much lit. Yeah. I mean, you still have to turn them off. The right. key is, you know, if you want to change your health significantly, I don't care what age you are, you just flick the switch. Just turn the lights off. Just give up. Just go to bed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that again, our energy footprint, everybody's worried about it. Go to bed. There won't be such a big energy footprint. Right, right, totally. What what time do you typically recommend, like, that people should start winding down and getting to bed? Well, you know, two hours after dark is pretty much the outer limit. It's, it, you know, you, get, you should get ready. You should start yeah. thinking about it. You should definitely eat before dark because it, after dark, you 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 don't eat. You are eaten, okay? You pray. So <laughs> for human beings... <laughs> You should not eat after dark. You would be hiding somewhere, not out there in a restaurant. So the tigers don't get you. You should eat before it gets dark. And at two hours after dark, that's plenty of time to take a bath, do some work, whatever. Don't turn the computer on after dark and let it blink in your eye. Uh, don't watch TV. Get a lamp. should be to the side of you. Anything over your head, a ceiling light is like the sun. You have a response in the pineal gland from above. So if you have a light next to your bed and you want to read, that's fine for a half an hour. I mean, I always tell people, read my book. I can put you to sleep in 15 minutes, you know. <laughs> so so reading the the hypnotic motion of your eyes going back and forth and back and forth will put anybody to sleep. I've looked at the iPad. Reading on an iPad is backlit, and that's not going to do it. A Kindle, not so much backlit, better. But again, paper's probably it with a lamp to the side of your head. And, you know, people think they can't get their work done. You know, I don't have enough hours in a day. And if you get up with the sun and you go to bed a couple hours afterwards and you still can't get your work done, you need a different life. I know that's harsh. But it's the truth. Because when you take two days to one, when you stay up an extra day after God, the planet, and the plants have given up, and you take another four to six, eight hours, that's going to come off the end of your life. Yeah. Because you only had, you only came in this world with enough hormones which report the environment and make things run. You only came in this world with enough for the hours of daylight for a life that's X long. Well, when you use them up twice as fast, your life is half X. Now, maybe you won't die. Maybe you'll get Parkinson's. Maybe you'll get cancer. Maybe, I mean, you could have a heart attack. It's the biggest clock in your body. But the reality is however your group dies, you are shortening your life by staying up really late all the time when there's no point. Mm-hmm. No you can point. you can you can record TV. You can do that stuff tomorrow. Or again, there's no normal time. I moved to Santa Fe from Santa Barbara because people used to knock on the door and ask for hormones, and it was getting weird. So I moved to Santa Fe, and it takes so long to get anywhere here because I live 13 miles out of town. That it has truly changed the pace of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't go to town some days because I don't have that kind of time. And the days I do go to town and I stop to see my daughter, what would have taken me five minutes or 20 minutes in Santa Barbara will take an hour and a half because i got to get to her house, get out of her house. It's changed my life back to a more rural pace, which is kind of interesting. That sounds awesome. Well, I'm talking with T.S. Wiley. We are, uh, let's see, sorry, I just totally cut you off. <laughs> the number for callers. Okay. 
818-495-6919. I want to take a caller here who's been patient on the line. This is from the 307 area code. Oh, hold on, my switchboard is being weird. Uh, okay, caller, are you there from the 307? Uh, I'm here from Wyoming. Hi, what's your name? Where are you calling? Oh, you already said you're from Wyoming. What's uh, your name? Damon Willis. Hey, Damon. What's your question for TS? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm sorry? I said, what's your question for TS tonight? Well, I'm calling from my cell phone. Uh, I'm listening to you online. So my question is that we live in a day and age where I can appreciate technology. So talking about the light bulb, uh, what do you guys feel about nature uh, and just the natural order of things? versus technology, and how do we balance that out in order to have a world that actually makes sense? Well, I know most people, I mean, I see Lauren's Dr. Lowe's Facebook posts, and I keep track of my kids on Facebook, and I certainly have learned to text in my old age. And email has replaced the telephone. People don't really call each other that much anymore. They they email and text. And Human beings are like cells. I, you know, I did cancer research for a long time in vitro, you know, or I'm sorry, yeah, in vitro, not in people, that's in vivo, in vitro, where we would pour hormones on cancer cells. And I remember looking at the molecular biologist I was working with and I said, why do you have a group of cells? And he said, well, you can't test anything on one cell. It won't live. I said, what do you mean it won't live? And he said, there are adhesion factors. Those that means they're exchanging information through their cell membranes. They're they're they have to live together or they won't live. One cell won't live. And I went on a vacation to England and I remember it was late. Uh, you know, for me it was like ten, eleven o'clock at night. And the street downstairs, everybody, everybody was laughing and screaming. And I thought, how can they be up and be well? I mean, look at all the sugar in their diet in England. Their teeth, the whole thing. Because they're all talking to each other and living together. They have one car and one TV, and they eat together. And in America, people have their own... Now they have their own little personal communicator. You're talking to me on your iPhone. And people will actually call each other in a house. They don't go to the other room. And American dinner is all but gone. Nobody eats together. So how I feel about it is people can't live like that, that they're going to get sicker and sicker. And that's not even counting the radiation. Does that uh, answer your question? I totally agree with you. Uh, how, how do you feel about uh, <clears throat> food that we cook in the microwave? Well, I feel many ways about it. I, I, I have often said Trader Joe's is the saddest place on earth to me because everything's single serving wrapped. That means people are alone. And and I just, I'm starting a pharmacy here, and there's a microwave in the break room for the people who work there, and I'm going to put in a real stove because I don't want them to, you know, it's a pharmacy. I'm trying to make people better. I don't want them to microwave their food. I want them to, if they want to heat something, heat it up. I can't tell you the direct action beyond the heating and the molecular motion that makes your food hot in the microwave, but it is nothing like cooking. It is nothing like the radiant heat that comes from below when you sear a piece of meat or it's nothing like, you know, it's why all that, 
you know, it was very funny, early 80s, late 70s, we're going to cook in this microwave, and they'd put out recipes. Never went anywhere because it's nothing like cooking. Mm-hmm. It just makes things hot. Yeah. So I think it's bad. I mean, I heat a cup of coffee in there once in a while. That's about it. Do you have any other questions, Damon? Uh, I I have tons of questions, but uh, I, I want other callers to have the opportunity to, you know. You can ask another one if you have another question. <laughs> <clears throat> well, as far as as far as light light bulbs are concerned, and uh, how do we incorporate them in society where it actually makes sense? Uh, as far as energy and uh, replenishing that energy in order to be, uh, I guess the best way I would I would put it is uh, stewards of, you know, our world. Like, what do we buy as far as light bulbs and where do we go? Well, instead of Al Gore moving us all to the curly neon bulbs that are, or uh, fluorescent bulbs that are going to kill us <laughs> and leave a lot of pollution everywhere, those light bulbs that are expensive that have a uh, normal light spectrum, are better than not. But again, the key to being a steward of the planet, if we're worried about carbon footprints, or the key to our own personal health is to turn them off. You know, you want them on. I'm not crazy. It's nice that I can turn the lights on and not be killed at night and trip over things, and if I get home late, nobody's going to rob me. I mean, light in the beginning was about safety. Paris in the 1600s had the first string across some street with a bunch of tallow, you know, candles burning, and Paris is still called the City of Lights. But the idea was there a light bulb, a 100-watt light bulb, is like 100 candles or 100 lumens. Now, I want you to think about being in a room with normal lights. If those were candles, you'd be on fire. Do you know how hot that room would be? Do you know, do you know what would happen? Really I mean, hot. So the energy that you're expressing that we can buy for a dollar fourteen this light bulb instead of fourteen hundred dollars is so much overkill and so crazy. It would be nothing like that's why human eyesight at forty starts to go in, in the last hundred years when in the old days people weren't blind when they were old. You know, we're actually wearing our eyes out because it's so bright and it's so ubiquitous and it's as I said, let's turn off the lights in empty office buildings at night. Let's start there. And in your own home, it doesn't have to be lit up like Yankee Stadium for a night game. You know what I mean? It can be low light. It can be no light. And, you know, that gets you ready to go to sleep. It can be pink. You know, you can buy pink bulbs. And the sunset is pink for a reason. As the sun is setting, going from blue to black, you have a pink moment. Because pink light, red light, blocks blue and green. And there's an enzyme called N-acetyltransferase that takes serotonin and turns it into melatonin. Well, blue and green light block that enzyme or you'd be falling asleep all day. But when red light blocks blue and green, the enzyme comes up. And now all of a sudden, you're going to start to make melatonin. Well, maybe it's as simple as wearing pink sunglasses at night or putting some pink light bulbs around the house and, you know, after dark, use those instead. There are just things you can do. And it's about you'll feel better the next day. It, we had a, a brownout, blackout, in, in California at one point, and I used to hold meetings with women to see 
they were on these hormones I invented. I want to see if I was killing anybody, you know. So once a month we'd all meet and see what was going on. And, and there was a big storm and the lights all blacked out. And, of course, we had to cancel the meeting and all go home. And three days later, it took three days to get the power back, women started emailing us saying, I've never felt this good in my life because I couldn't keep the lights on at night. There were none. It only takes three wow. days. And it changes your your health significantly in terms of well-being and quality of life. And just nobody will do it. You know, it's just easier to leave the lights on. <laughs> I mean, even I do it. I'll look up and go, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. I'm so tired. I feel sick. And then I have to go walk around and turn the lights on. Because it makes dopamine happen, and that's addictive. You know, it's like gambling. It's like love. It's like anything. Once you start pouring dopamine, there's a reward pathway. And having the lights on does that. Mm-hmm. Any other questions, Damon? Like I said, I have many. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we'll have to uh, set a limit now because there's a couple people on the switchboard. But, um, yeah, you can email if you have any other questions later. Uh, well, yeah. uh, thank you, and it's a great show. And, uh, look forward to hearing more. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey, Tia, so... Um, what about, you mentioned that it takes about three days of getting just like proper dark and light patterns to really see that beneficial effect, right? What if yeah, I, you start to wake up when the sun comes up without an alarm. Right. And, what and about if clear? you go without sleep for a night? How, how, what's the damage with that and how long does that take to recover? Well, there are interesting numbers. If you go from Chicago to Belgium and you cross seven time zones, it will take 21 days for your hormones to normalize. You should know that. So for 21 days, you're going to be sick after a trip from Chicago to Brussels. You won't be in any state of health. Your insulin will be off. Your cortisol will be too high. Your blood sugar screwed up. Your neurotransmitters are off. Okay, you, the term jet lag doesn't quite cover it. When you stay up all night, one night, two nights, three, and not even all night. Let's say you stay up till 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It is cumulative damage. And a woman named Dr. Ev Van Cotter at the University of Chicago did a study on uh, short nights and long nights with 10 young men. And five young men were put on short nights. That's considered less than, I think it was actually five hours, and some of us only get five hours. And long nights were nine and a half hours. So you'd go to bed at 8.30. And she controlled for food. So they couldn't go eat. She controlled everything. And at the end of a week, one week, so let's say you stay up late every night for a week, they, in the short night group, had frank, high blood sugars reminiscent of type 2 diabetes. And these were 19-year-old men. They weren't old people. Wow. Because when the lights are on, you are mobilizing cortisol. Cortisol, the lights are on, cortisol's up, so you flight or fight, you know, stress. Cortisol mobilizes blood sugar. So those extra hours of mobilization of blood sugar provoke insulin. The extra hours of insulin hanging around cause your insulin receptors to retreat. So you don't die because you can't use all that blood sugar. So your insulin receptors retreat into the cell. It's called insulin resistance happens in your arms and legs first. And you have to put that energy, remember it's energy somewhere, and especially if you're having a midnight snack, so it goes around your middle. And somewhere, someday, 
even though there are those people on The Biggest Loser who are enormous, most of us will stop gaining weight, 20 pounds, 40 pounds, 60 pounds, that's about it. Most human beings can't go beyond that. Some go to 100, whatever. But the reality is the minute you're over 20, your blood sugar goes up because it's got nowhere to go. It can't go in your middle anymore. It's gone down. It's stopped accepting it. Your arms and legs didn't work because, you know, you're too tired and you can't move now. And eventually your brain will go down. And when your brain goes down, it's manifested as bipolar disorder because you pick a fight or you rage or you freak out to to try to get some blood sugar to raise your own cortisol. So the more you stay up, the crabbier you are, the less pleasant. You, you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so even happening. like, even just staying up late at night repeatedly for years and years and years can lead to things like as serious as like bipolar disorder. Oh, sure. If if your group, your family, has a tendency to swing back and forth. You want, you know, usually people who are up late all the time are just, you know, I mean, they just get more and more depressed and tired. But if there's a potential for bipolar disorder, you'll start to swing back and forth. You'll run out of hormones. See, here's the part no one understands. There are clocks everywhere. And that HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, is the mainspring in the watch. And it's counting off days. And when it counts off enough days and nights, you start to menstruate or ovulate, or make sperm, whatever, because it's counted off enough days and nights. Now, if it starts counting off two days to one, you're using up those hormones faster. So that's why instead of menopause being consistent, you know, your periods over the last 50 to 100 years, menopause has always been at about 50. All the statistics show us. But perimenopause is moving up and up. Perimenopause, which might have been those two or three years before 50, now starts in your late 30s. You're running out of hormones sooner because you seem older inside. Mm-hmm. And Got then it. you can't sleep. The problem is when you don't sleep and you wear out that spring and you run out of hormones, so now you're really old inside, you find yourself in your late 30s, early 40s, and you can't stay asleep. Even if you went to bed, You'll get up and wander around like the living elderly and pee all night. Or, or you every time you turn over, you wake up. That's running out of estrogen, and that's running out of progesterone. And So now you're in your late 30s, early 40s, and you need hormone replacement at that point to even sleep, stay asleep, because right. you didn't go to sleep when you were younger. Right, right. It's just gone too far. Mm. Yeah, well, and it's recoverable. I mean, we give people you know, biomimetic hormones, and they sleep through the night, and it changes their whole world. I mean, they've got a memory again. They know where the keys are. and You know, they don't hurt when they wake up in the morning. It's kind of a big deal. Right. All right, I'm going to take a caller from the 508. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Is this Lisa? It is. I recognize your number. Um, what's your uh, question for Tia? My question is, I was wondering how disruptive it is to sleep in a bedroom with a TiVo attached to the TV. It has a hard drive that clicks and hums 24-7. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Right now, nobody has ever looked at the fact that there's electricity running through your walls. That's how the lights get to the ceiling. And that electricity is coming off a wire, and there's a field Maybe it's two inches, maybe it's four inches, and most people sleep with their head next to the wall in another bed somewhere. 
And that's keeping your melatonin receptor from recognizing it's nighttime, even if it's dark enough to make melatonin. And when you talk about a hard drive, and I don't know if TiVo's wireless. I don't know how it runs, but it's connected to your television. Um, that's even more energy, and I don't know how close it is to the bed. But the clicking and humming is certainly, I'm sure, disruptive if you don't have great... You know, when you're young, you fall asleep and you're like you're dead. Nobody can wake you up till you're ready to wake up. Well, as you get older and older, you sleep less deeply. So things like that can keep you half awake all night. But it's better to record it than it is to watch it. <laughs> watch it in the daytime. Thank you and very there, much. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I never even thought of that with the TiVo thing. Um, well, you know, TV, you don't even need a TiVo. You can buy pay-per-view and stuff. I mean, they'll do it for you now. Yeah. TiVo's kind of old school. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to record something, you know. You were talking in your book, um, you're talking about genes being turned on and off, and uh, like with light and dark. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, people, I don't know how much the world understands about genetics. I teach a seminar, as you said, in a planetarium, and one of the things I show the doctors in that two days are a couple of films on epigenetics, uh, because epigenetics is truly clinical medicine. It is DNA may be the map, but... Epigenetics is the road you travel on. It's what you experienced in your life. And your genes have the adaptability to be turned on and off at any given time by a myriad of substances, predominantly hormones, like there's an estrogen response element and the progesterone for motor region and the same for cortisol and all of those other things. And when some signal from a receptor because, for example, when estrogen hits its own receptor, it will phosphorylate or go bing, bing, bing like a pinball machine down to the nucleus of the cell where it will latch on to the estrogen response element on a gene that makes progesterone receptors pop up to the surface. So everything's connected to everything. And melatonin's in that cascade too. And it turns out light, can directly connect to two genes called PER and TIM, P-E-R and T-I-M, and they work like a Chinese water clock. They go drip, drip, drip with a protein till one side's full and then it flips to the other, and they measure 24 point whatever hours in a day, whether you're exposed to light or not. So we are tied in an electric and magnetic way as well as light-driven, photon light-driven, to this planet's rhythms in terms of our veritable genes that are turning on and off every day. So when in Lights Out I said the instrument of death can be food, but the cause of death is sleep loss, what I'm saying to you is out of the small circle of life that gets to live in rhythm on this planet, you're actually affecting your genome. And when I show those movies to doctors, you know, one is about um, in vitro fertilization. Nobody talks about it, but there is 30% more angel man syndrome and Beckwith-Wiederman and all these birth defects in in vitro. Because the egg knows it's not where it's supposed to be. Maybe it's exposure to light. Maybe Most likely it is, but... A gene that is turned on either by the mother or the father 
for both of those. They started to investigate it because it was two different syndromes and it was on the same chromosome. And it turns out it depends on whether it comes from mom or dad. And what that means is when the eggs were being formed in utero in mom or sperm was going to happen at puberty in dad, depending on what they ate and what they were exposed to, it changed everything. So you have no idea. In terms of genetics, what modern life is doing to the product. And that's very normal because it is an iterative process. You change the world, the world changes you. And on and on and on. And that is evolution. But we're actually tinkering with evolution right now. And the idea that we'll come out of it and we'll all be fine can't be true. I mean, I'm sure... The first time there was fire, there was a major die-off, the ones who couldn't take it, the heat, the light, the whatever. The first time there was agriculture, you know, some woman said, hey, honey, why don't we just grow this outside the door? You know, a light, big die-off, just like there is now 100 years into the light bulb. And I can't even tell you about wireless yet. I'm just working on it. But it's not good. I know. It's not good at all. Well, the earth radiates at 50 hertz. So anything that mimics that or gets in the way of that changes everything. Yeah, I know. And yeah. it's it's like in, in the medical field, there's this pull to do electronic medical yeah. records and have wireless in the clinic. And it's like... That's right. That's you know? Right. I mean, there's a pull as a doctor to do that, but there's something really awesome about just writing in a paper chart and just doing well, it the way that people, you can few people would learn to write so someone could read it, that would be okay. <laughs> the charts are a little hard to read, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that's why we're going to electric medical records. <laughs> Probably so. I remember um, when I was in eighth grade, I, I heard a speech about how a nap can put you right into REM sleep and it can replace a, a night of missed sleep. Is this totally off base? And what's the reality when it comes oh, to napping? Oh, that's crap. That's such crap, Lauren. The reality is naps don't really exist for anybody over the age of about four. You know, babies take naps because they're out of rhythm until the bacteria in their gut gives them a time clock, and they don't know days from nights. And then kids get tired in the middle of the day because it's a really long day for a kid. And they take naps. People in certain countries, hence the word siesta, come in out of the heat at midday, but they don't necessarily sleep. So the idea of trying to make melatonin in the middle of the day, you actually make melatonin every time cortisol pulses, CRH, corticotropin-releasing hormone says, oh, my God, it's stress, and your adrenals are supposed to respond with a little bit of cortisol, which makes your heart calm down. Everything will be fine. And the minute you respond, your brain, Let's go, and the CRH stops and it drops. So we have cortisol up, cortisol down, or cortisol up, cortisol down four times a day. When it's up, it's mobilizing blood sugar. It's calling for insulin. That's making sex, sex steroid receptors, thyroid receptors for all the hormones floating around. When it lets go, because you have this pulse of cortisol and it drops, you have a little pulse in the middle of the day, you know, in in that in the middle of the day of melatonin, progesterone, HGH, something called SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. You know, there's 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 a rhythm to it, but you wouldn't make that melatonin for any extended period of time in the middle of the day, and it can't ever put you into REM sleep. What what happens when you go to bed at night? It's the hours before midnight. 
that control the rest of your hormones for the next whole day. So less than three hours of melatonin before midnight, and it's summertime in your head. It's Margaritaville. (laughs) More than three and a half hours, and it's winter. And you go into a whole different metabolism where your heart will run on free fatty acids instead of glucose. Everything changes seasons just from those hours before midnight of making melatonin. And if you made it in the middle of the day, it would throw everything off. So those people who are taking naps in the middle of the day should be going to bed earlier. They're tired. Mm-hmm. So patients who are going to bed at midnight and sleeping until 8 or 9, that's not the same effect as if you're going to bed at 9 p.m. and waking up at like 5. Yes, yes, timing matters if I have not been clear. Mm-hmm. It is not about how many hours. You can't go to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning and sleep till noon the next day and do yourself any good. You must get the hours before midnight because the melatonin secreted before midnight times prolactin after midnight. And melatonin will control white cells and macrophages and and your gut bacteria, you know, you're in a little homeostasis with that. It culls the herd. And the prolactin after midnight is taking care of viruses and cell overgrowth, you know, TNF-alpha, tumor necrosis, all those things happen after midnight. But less than three and a half hours of melatonin before midnight, and you will have an hour and a half of prolactin. That means it will come back the next morning because it's summertime in your head. And when it's summertime in your head, you're supposed to have your immune system on overdrive because it's mating season. You know there's going to be cuts and bites and scratches. If you're lucky, it'll be fun. And... You need prolactin all day long, but that's for three months. If this goes on all year long, that prolactin all day will give you breast cancer, asthma, uh, erectile dysfunction, um, uh, lupus. I mean, I could go on all day because your immune system is not supposed to be on all day like that all the time. Right. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, we talked a little bit a few weeks ago when we were chatting at the uh, ACHEM conference. Um, we were talking about... Um, I guess I should say iMosaic conference. Um, yeah, yeah I think D. they're a whole new deal. <laughs> yeah, vitamin D is such a huge issue in the health community, in the medical community, and doctors are just pouring on vitamin D for their patients, just, you know, 20,000 IUs per day because people are deficient, even in sunny areas. What are they missing in this situation? Well, let's ask the question. You just, you just said the biggest clue in what you said is people are deficient in sunny areas. Now, Since you make vitamin D when the sun hits your skin, and since it only takes 10 or 15 minutes of exposure a day to make enough in any season, who is not outside to walk to their car or go get a Starbucks for 10 or 15 minutes? Like, nobody. And who puts on sunscreen to go to Starbucks? Like, nobody. So the question you asked... Even in sunny areas, people are deficient, and now they're saying children, and I mean the elderly, obviously, and everybody on the whole planet's deficient. So to get the right answer, you have to ask the right question. How come? How could that be? We don't have any evidence that they should be, just that they are. And since vitamin D is not a vitamin, it's a steroid hormone, like A and E, they have the same molecular construction and receptor mechanisms 
as estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol, blah, blah, blah. Since vitamin D is a steroid hormone, it lives by the same rules. And the rules in steroid hormone is negative feedback loop. Too much is like none. So, for example, a peak of a menstrual cycle on day 12, you get it high enough, you shut off your estrogen action. All those cancer drugs out there, whether it's, you know, tamoxifen, which is a super synthetic estrogen that used to use DES that got a bad rap uh, epigenetically. Um, all of those were synthetic estrogens that were so strong they turned off estrogen. So they thought they'd cured cancer. But the reality is vitamin D goes has to have an on and off switch. What do you think the off switch is that would make the receptors repopulate the next day or that would make the receptors um revive what would what would the off switch be if light is the on switch darkness there you go <laughs> got to ask the right question to get the right answer i already knew so the, the fact count. that the whole i'm sorry so i already knew the answer it doesn't count for me <laughs> no it does count because sometimes if i take people through the logic even if you know the answer cuz we've talked about it or you i said it on facebook i think mm-hmm. um just the logic. Everybody's deficient because no one goes to bed. It's not about too little sunlight and sunscreen and we don't go outside. It's about too little darkness because without enough darkness, those receptors won't come back up like insulin receptors won't come back up if you don't stop eating sugar. So even though you're outside, you can't make vitamin D because your receptors are shot because you don't sleep. And you don't sleep in the dark, more importantly. Everybody's got little blinky things on, and they live in a city, and nobody's curtains are closed, you know? Yeah. That's why everybody's low on vitamin D. So pouring it into patients will do something, God knows what. It's not good, but it won't have a vitamin D action because there's no receptor. Right. And 99% of doctors don't know this. <laughs> I they don't. Ninety nine point nine nine nine. Don't know. This. Yeah, I know. I know. I, Seriously, I've only said it publicly on Facebook once. Okay, <laughs> and for some reason, nobody's thinking the way I am. I don't know what that is. You're the you only know, person I, I've even heard say this, and it rocked my world. I was like, "Are you serious?" So, vitamin D deficiency is because of a lack of darkness. Does it make more sense? Yeah, totally. Makes because sense. you can give it to people. Here, here. Okay, let's go the next step in the logic. You give your patients a. I have a hard time expressing myself without swearing. A shitload of vitamin D, <laughs> and they don't really get better. You can yeah. see it in their bloodstream. I mean, the numbers will go up, but they don't get better, and they don't get saved from cancer. Their lives aren't turned around. I mean, nothing happens except the numbers go up. Yeah. That means there's no receptors. So, what's controlling the receptor? Well. It's got to be the opposite of what turns it on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. This Obviously, if you're not, not getting rocket. sunlight. Yeah, it's not well, rocket science. It's just, it's, it's, no, it's really not. I told you when we were sitting together, if I have a gift, if I, anything to give to the world. I'm a moto player. I'm a master of the obvious. That's all I do. I look at it and I go, could that really be true? And then I go, no, that can't be it. And then you start to work it backwards. Well, yeah. what is true? And you can all do that. I mean, I don't know why doc. I know why doctors don't do it. Doctors are already brainwashed and exhausted, and they they can't think it through. <laughs> There's nothing left there. But people can think it through. 
You know, you can when somebody tells you something's good for your health, start thinking about it and ask the questions. Could that be true? Could I need that? Or or would that make me better? You know? Yeah. Yeah, and remember you're an animal. Sleeping, eating, reproducing. That's it. That's really all it is. The rest of it's filler. Yeah. And we live too long and eat too much because of antibiotics, surgery. I mean, okay, let's say somebody falls off a cliff and you want to put them back together. In the old days, you couldn't hold still. They're screaming. So now we have anesthesia. They'll hold still. So then you cut them up and put them back together the right way, and they've lost a lot of blood, but we can give them some. Now they're still not going to die. Problem is, the bugs are going to eat them alive, but we've got antibiotics. So antibiotics, blood transfusion, and anesthesia are the only major advances in modern medicine ever. The rest of it's metabolic. The rest of it is the environment. The rest of it is diseases of civilization, heart disease, diabetes. And antibiotics are like throwing a Molotov cocktail in your neighbor's window. I mean, most of the bacteria you need anyway, and you would get better anyway, well, unless it's some you know, yellow fever or dread disease, and then we shouldn't probably drink dirty water. But you see my point. Mm-hmm. Wow. We will have to continue our conversation with a cocktail sometime, but I have a couple more questions before I let you go because the time flew. Um, a couple of Facebook questions. This is from – actually, this is a Twitter question from Derek. He wants to know, um, does this relate to sleep apnea in any way? What are your thoughts on sleep apnea? Well, yeah, it's. I'd call that the long way home. What happens is respiration, respiratory quotient, when you eat carbohydrates is 1.0. When you know the, the the energy expended, when you eat protein and fat, it's 0.7. So your respiratory quotient goes up. So the exchange of carbon dioxide changes. So when you take in too much energy, whether you ate it or you stayed up all night or whatever, you are not exchanging normal gases. That can make you gasp for oxygen. That can make you sore. The the longer way home is you're getting fat. And then, of course, there's the mechanical aspect of your throat collapses. If you don't have enough testosterone as a man and you've got a little fat in there, then you'll start to snore. But mostly, if you can remember the metaphor that fat people gasp when they run and everybody goes, oh, their lungs are crowded by all that fat. No, they can't exchange carbon dioxide because their blood sugar is high. That's why they're fat. Can you remember that? Mm -hmm. So that's like what snoring is. Got it. There's a question from Jeremy. He said, I work the graveyard shift from 10.30 to 6 a.m. And he said, what is the best time for me to exercise? <laughs> oh, Jeremy, let's <laughs> What's your answer there's for Jeremy? No, there's, there's no good time to exercise, Jeremy. You, People have shown in millions of studies, anybody who can push the Google button on the Internet machine can ask, the question, night shift workers and disease. And you're going to see they all drop dead of a heart attack, and the ones that don't drop dead of a heart attack, and usually that's it, get more cancers, get, you know, uh, stewardesses have more breast cancer. That's partly radiation. Uh, night nurses in operating rooms have more breast cancer. I mean, so what I'm saying to you, Jeremy, is you can stay in your job, but it's America. You could probably find a different job. And 
There's no time to exercise. You really can't reverse your days and nights. I don't care if you come home and you sleep in a blackout room and you you think you've had a real life. Every cell in your body, thanks to Per and Tim, every piece of DNA is on a timer that follows the thousand miles an hour spinning earth below you and you can't fool Mother Nature. So the fact that you're still alive to ask the question... The answer is there's no good time to exercise unless you go to sleep. Now, if you're going to go to sleep, the best time to exercise is early in the morning. To get up, jump out of bed, and be active when your cortisol's up and your blood sugar's moving. Don't exercise before bed. Everybody says, you know, it keeps you awake. Well, it's not even that. It raises your blood sugar and it makes you more insulin resistant the next day. So all those people in a gym, you know, under the lights at night after work are just getting fatter and sicker. <laughs> not really going to solve it, you know. Right. And Jeremy, if you're listening, I'm sorry I laughed. I wasn't laughing at your question. I'm la- I was laughing because I knew exactly what T.S. was going to say. So it was just, well, I was just yeah, waiting for it, the answer. And, and if I can say so, it is, de- you know, I'm dead serious. Stress the word dead. Yeah. This is important. You know, night shift. We are robbing an entire country called India. You remember the take back the night stuff? And you may not be old enough. They need to take back the night. They're working our night shift, and we're going to kill those people. It's horrible. Wow. You the are the queen center. of keeping it real. That's what I love about you. <laughs> well, how are you ever going to know what to do if you don't know the truth? And it may be scary, or it may be ugly, or it may just be entertaining. But the reality is without the facts, you can't make the right choices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Two more Twitter questions, and then my own last question, then I'll let you go. So this is from Bobby. He wants to know, um, what do you think about valerian root? Well, it's Valium. Why not? You know, I mean, that's what Valium was made out of, and God knows we all love Valium. Um, you can use it like that, a cup of tea, you know. I wouldn't stay stoned all day, but it, it is the same thing that's in Valium, so it's okay. Quote of the day, it's Valium. Why not? <laughs> well, Valium is a 50- to 60-year-old drug that never hurt anybody, yeah. and it's made out of valerian. So, I mean, you know, it, the problem with, okay, here's a, a real issue. The problem is it brings up opiate receptors. So you take a 5-milligram Valium and you're fine. But if you take that every day for a week, it's not going to have any effect because your, your, your opiate receptors are acclimating. So it's going to take 10 milligrams. Okay, to feel it next time. And it's one of those drugs that you keep acclimating to. So, you know, living on 50, 60 milligrams of Valium, that's not good. And the drop or the withdrawal will be painful. So with tea, valerian root, if you're going to take it in a pill or have it, I would suggest a tincture or tea. Um, again, you want to remember that. Half a cup of tea at night, maybe, but pretty soon it'll take a whole cup to fix it, and then right. maybe more, just so you know. Yeah, and, and you know, Bobby, look at the cause. You know, why do you need the valerian in the first place? I think that's yeah. a bigger question. Yeah, yeah. you may need sex hormones. I don't know how old you are. And men don't sleep either. I mean, the minute men's testosterone falls off, they're half awake all night, and they have sweaty pillows and hot flashes at night and stuff. So I would go get some hormones, and Dr. Lowe has hit the point, why can't you sleep? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he has a, one more question. Uh, please defend yourself against critics who say there is no need to put an older woman through menses. What's your answer to that? <laughs> that mm. one is so easy, and I always yeah. love it. <laughs> I always love that question. If an old lady needed a heart bypass, you'd give it to her. If an old lady needed a new hip, you'd you'd want her to walk. Her heart can be 
she can walk. If she wants to bleed every month, it's her choice. And I will tell you that the minute you stop having periods, your number's up. At the turn of the century, women died at 47. Now, again, surgery, anesthesia, antibiotics, we paste people together and they are not really alive. You know, the definition of life is respiration and reproduction, harsh as that might be. So you're not really alive. And if I put the hormones back from the outside, I make those feedback loops from ovaries to brain, artificially with transdermal hormones made out of plants, not only do I change the quality of life, all of that stuff that kills you, you hurt all over, you can't remember where your keys are, you're scared you're going to die. I mean, everything from psoriasis to gout, everything changes that we know to be old age. I might even buy you a little more time. I don't know. Longevity could be a nasty side effect. But if a woman would like to have her period back, it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's totally her choice. I agree with that one yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not putting anybody through anything. We get volunteers. Right, right. Okay? It's not like I'm out there, you know, <laughs> forcing women to yeah. to have a menstrual period. It's the volunteers are telling me they feel really good. We have women almost 96. I had some guy attack me with the same question in, in Bangkok last year. This doctor said, how can you ever think it's okay to, you know, put a woman through? And I said, you know, you'd give them a bypass, you'd give them a hip. This may prevent cancer. We don't even know. We have good statistics. It certainly improves quality of life. What's the difference? Why are you so threatened, you know, doctors, so-and-so? I I think there's some politics in it. I think it freaks men out, you know, that more than women. I mean, women, you know, the argument is always, is this going to be tedious? Is this too much work? You know, is it going to be like when I had periods, am I going to have cramps and be sick? And I always say no. Because we make this period really artificially by putting the hormones in, so it's only this many days. And if you have cramps, we can fix it, you know, that kind of thing. So it, women are worried about that, but the men just seem to be completely psychotic about it. <laughs> just how can you do this? Yeah. Really, you've got Viagra. What do you mean, how can I do that? I can, I can do all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah it's her choice. Last question from Bobby. He'd like to know what you're learning from your physics tutor. <laughs> oh. I am telling you, I'm teaching him biology. He's teaching me physics. We are working on electromagnetism, uh, electricity itself, uh, microwaves. We're working on the energy in nature that should be received by the body, how that is translated, you know, like the translational wing of medicine at the NIH, how it's translated, and I'm pretty sure it's through hormones, and whether or not I can prove that. And we're also working on if... There are false triggers, just like a light bulb is after dark. If there are false triggers, like wireless or cell phones, what's happening to you? That's what I'm love doing. it. I love it. I'm Total brain to candy. Yeah, the <laughs> the language of physics. Yeah, right. Physics I can't is really express tough my ideas without you know learning the language. Yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. Well, my last question for you before I let you go, because this time flew. So for the listeners, hope is not all lost. What are the top recommendations that you can give to achieve and maintain balance in an age of electricity? I guess you have to understand, however old you are, you get X number of hours of daylight on this planet. 
And as I said, when you take two days to one, you need to be very aware of the trade-off. It's a choice. You want to stay up all night? Go ahead. But my job is just to tell you what's happening. And once you know what's happening, it's easier to turn off the lights. It's easier to control your appetite. It's easier to, you know, exercise at the right time. It's easier to say, maybe I'll just take a walk instead of getting in my Prius and sitting on top of a battery the size of a small dog and irradiating myself for that carbon footprint. I never even thought of that. I know. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Somebody at that show we were at said, how do you know all this? And, you know, I I hesitated to say they hide facts like this from people like you in books, but I used to be a doctor. So I, I said, I read, you know, trying to be pleasant. And he said, well, what else do you know? And I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> you, really, you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, you don't, because it'll rock your world. You think you yes, can thank now. you so <laughs> much for coming on the show. It was an awesome oh, show. I'm going to have to listen to it a couple of times to get all the little tidbits that I missed, I'm sure. Um, anything you want to leave with our listeners, last parting words? Yeah, we're all in this alone, unfortunately. Um, You have to make decisions about your own health. It's great to read, and certainly I'm not going to tell you not to seek medical advice. Well, here's what I tell my children. Unless you can't stop the bleeding or you can't wake someone up, don't go to the hospital. Just don't, okay? You probably can solve it at home. And don't go out there looking for reassurance you're never going to die because everything everywhere ends and the way you choose to leave this planet should be with some dignity having having given something back that's what life was all about life is meaningless if it never ends it's only valuable because it's for a minute does that make any sense Mm-hmm. okay there you go thank you so much tia thanks for coming on yeah. the show i really appreciate it you're welcome honey we had fun let's do it again we had a blast absolutely i'll talk to you soon Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening, guys. That was a fabulous show with T.S. She is so smart. I just love talking to that lady. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about her and the Wiley Protocol, check out just that, thewileyprotocol.com. Next week's show, I will be interviewing Dr. Daniel DeLapp all about naturopathic dermatology, all kinds of skin conditions. We'll be talking about it, but that will be next Wednesday night. So mark your calendars. That's May 18th, Wednesday night at 5 p.m. If you want to learn more about me, drlaurennoel.com. Check me out, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much. Take care. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.